I am Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And we're paranormal specialists who live in the most haunted city on earth, Savannah, Georgia. Every day is Halloween in our line of work, so join us as we spin true tales of haunts, murders, and disturbing Savannah history. I'm Madison. I'm Chris. And, and welcome, welcome to, to the most haunted city on earth. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the most haunted city on earth. My name is Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And I'm JT Timmons. And that's Patrick. Patrick! <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't watch on YouTube, Patrick is our light up bat that is now behind us. And uh, the pair of junkies named him Patrick. So yes. he is now here for the intro. And oh. Nora, Nora Etheridge uh, said something super funny in the in the comments just now. This is my first time getting to see Patrick. I love him. Yes. <laughs> he's quite the ch- he's the catch. He is indeed. He is indeed. The spooky season is is great for you know outfitting your spooky little dive. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> spooky little dive. I like that. That's a way to describe it. Um, um, but yes. Okay. Cool. Well, today we are going to be doing a Q and A. And uh, we'll get into that in just a second, but we do have a few announcements. So as of right now, when you are listening to this, if you are not a para-junkie, episode one just became um, available to you for Beneath the Cobblestone. So yes, if you are wanting to listen to our radio play that we have worked really, really hard on, it's an amazing, um, you know, storyline that JT has curated for y'all. I'm in it. I play Maeve, and Chris is also in it, along with our uh, gang of spooky fiends. So (laughs) uh, definitely go ahead and check that out. Episode two has already uh, been given to the para-junkies. So if you are, uh, after you listen to it, if you're super invested and you want to get episode two way in advance, um, definitely go ahead and consider becoming a para-junkie. Oh, yeah. On top of that, though, uh, Patreon actually just released that they are changing the game, which is super exciting. It's changing our uh, para-junkie world, if you will. Um, They're adding, like, a ton of different stuff. They're adding live streams. They're adding group chats. They're adding feeds. Eventually, I don't know when it's going to become public, uh, but eventually you'll be able to follow us on there and follow our feed even without being a paid patron, which is super exciting. Um, so definitely keep an eye out and an ear out for when changes like that happen. We've already put into effect group chats for the para junkies, and they've already been loving it. So um, definitely keep an ear out because there's going to be some pretty exciting stuff happening over on our Patreon and speaking of para junkies, we do have a few new para junkies to thank as well. Uh, so L Doherty, we want to thank them. Mimi, Kirsten Nichols, Laura Sleeper, and Sky J. So thank you guys so much for becoming para junkies. And if you are considering becoming a para junkie, now is a great time to do so because when we hit 140 para junkies. We're going to be going to Waverly Hills, so that's super exciting. So if you want to see us go over there and do an investigation, which is one of the more notorious places in the south midwest region of the (laughs) of the united states (laughs) if you will um 
It's, Kentucky's kind of in a weird spot. Exactly. It's just central, just right there. <laughs> it's right there. Right, it's right there. So, um, yes, yeah, so if you want to see us investigate Waverly Hills, definitely consider becoming a parajunkie. We are oh, so yeah. close to hitting 140. Um, so we would definitely appreciate it. And also, it's not even just for the Waverly Hills trip. It's um, growing that community as well as it helps us, you know, fund different projects and things like that we want to do so funding the radio play helping us get better live streaming equipment so that we can live stream for y'all um, sending us to haunted locations so that way we can do those investigations and bring back that information to y'all so uh, definitely consider becoming a parajunkie if you're teetering on the edge yes um, and then last announcement uh, if you haven't already, please consider leaving us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Or Literally anywhere you get your podcast. Exactly. Anywhere you get your podcast, they definitely help us out a ton uh, when you leave those five-star ratings. So if you've been listening for a while or even if you just started listening, we definitely would appreciate Yeah, that. It, it takes seconds, and we greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate it. And every time you do it, the uh, algorithm pushes our podcast to new viewers and so it really does help us um so yeah well cool all right, all right ready to get into the q a yes the 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 all right let's go ahead and start it up this one is from Brittany. i cut the last names off of because yep. of the emails yeah, no problem. all right cool cool this one's from Brittany. uh hey madison chris and jt i'd like to say first that this is my favorite show Madison and Chris, you've taught me so much. There's no other show like it, and please never stop. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, fangirling over. So here's my question. I love that. That's yeah. awesome. Okay, fangirling over. Here's my question. I've seen ghosts my whole life. Not like full entities, but they're definitely ghosts. Whenever I've seen spirits, it's almost always in the middle of the night when I can't sleep or just get up to pee or get water. I know I'm not alone here, so why do certain times like 3 a.m. have more paranormal occurrences? So, first off, it's interesting um, that a lot of times I, I actually tell people when they go on an investigation, go a little bit tired because your guards are a little bit down when you're sleepy. Um, so it's more common to have the ability to see spirits or interact with spirits when you're a little less uh, on edge, if you will. Um, when we're so focused on life and just getting through our day-to-day, -day, it's really easy for us to just brush past things. Um, so it's not surprising that you always see them at night or things like that. But also, a lot of times, it's, you know, you'll um, have spirits that are more active at night because there's less going on. Um, it, Chris always gives the watering hole sort of analogy where, uh, you know, if everybody's down at the watering hole and drinking up all the water and it's super crowded, nobody really wants to uh, fight through that, especially if you're a spirit where it's already hard enough to fight through that. So you go when the watering hole is empty in a way. I'm sure I butchered your analogy. <laughs> well, no, I mean, that's, that's, that's the basics. Uh, you kind of keep in mind that we use a lot of psychic energy when we're awake, when we're busy, when we're doing things and everybody's buzzing around. And, you know, if you have any question, just ask anybody who has social anxiety. You put a, a person in a group, in a large crowd, you can just feel 
all that energy is being pulled in every direction. And, you know, uh, that goes, you know, quadruple for a spirit. Spirits don't belong on this plane. The physical world is meant for physical beings. And so the energy that we use psychically is the energy that they will ultimately be tapping into to present themselves, to do anything. And uh, when the vast majority of people are asleep, when they're not actively, you know, utilizing the energy of this plane, that's when the spirits get access to that energy and can show themselves. And that's why, like, if you have that broad daylight ghost, that's a powerful entity. Uh, it's not relying on the the well being empty. It's 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 shoulder to shoulder with the living, utilizing energy and presenting itself. So I I always say that you know a daytime ghost is is a powerful ghost, but ghosts at night generally have more power, more intent, and more ability. All right. <clears throat> so this uh, this question is related to a comment by a different person because we're going to do the comment of the week, uh, comment on YouTube of the week. And this is from Oksana Bonita996. I saw the hat man once when I was six. I was fully awake, but I was in bed and supposed to be going to sleep. Bedroom door was open, hallway a hallway light was on. I saw him glide across the linen closet door. He has dark black, tall hat, uh, um, had the brimmed hat, and was holding slash carrying an axe. Oh. As he glided along the wall and went into my mom's room that was next to mine. It scared me so badly. I immediately yelled out for my mom, who came into my room, didn't believe what I saw and told me to go to bed. <laughs> I did have a very traumatic childhood, so I'm not sure if there is a very, um, uh, not sure if there is a link to there or not, but also saw regular shadow people in our basement all the time, along with other full body ghosts I saw in our backyard. Once during the day and another time at night, I've also had many uh, I've also had many paranormal experiences throughout my life. Always have been intrigued by the hat man and I'm deep diving into trying to figure out why so many of us saw him as a children, uh, as children. Great video. And that was on our hat man video. Okay. Uh, very, very, very popular hat man video <laughs> on YouTube. Um, yeah. So I wanted to read that for the comment of the week because I thought it was very interesting. Um, you want to discuss like the axe? I knew that I knew that Chris would react vocally to <laughs> yeah. the axe. Um, so I didn't know. Well, that's a new one. Don't usually to... have props with the Hat Man. Uh, it's something that's interesting. And when you go looking for the Hat Man, when you start deep diving into the Hat Man phenomena, um, something that is is worth remembering is that for the for centuries, centuries, it was uncommon for for men to walk around without hats. Hats were a common uh, accoutrement. It wasn't until the mid-20th century that wearing a hat was, you know, not the norm, that people didn't carry their hats around with them or wear them often. Um, uh, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that uh, hats served multiple purposes. You know, they, they, they created shade for one thing. They, um, they kept your ridiculous hair from being ridiculous. Uh, so hats were a big part. So there are going to be spirits naturally that still have hats, you know, still identify as, well, I, if I'm going around, I got to wear a hat, you know, <laughs> when I was in the army, you had to wear a hat no matter what, when you went outside, 
And when I got out of the army, every time I took a step outside, I padded my pants looking for my hat because you just knew that the moment you stepped outside, your cover had to be on. So that kind of idea that, you know, you, what you might have seen may not have been the hat man in, in, in the absolute form that we are kind of noting the hat man in his observing thing because he had an axe. That's, you know, that's, that's, that's a new one on me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that, that would suggest that maybe what you were seeing was, you know, depending on where you were living, a, a pioneer person, a farmer, somebody who lived there and worked there and carried an axe. But uh, I'll go ahead and say I don't like ghosts with axes. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on record. I know it's, it's, it's controversial. I don't want my ghosts to have axes. Uh, and so, glide. And glide. Gliding glide. ghosts, gliding with an axe. No, you know, we're told not to run with scissors. Don't glide with axes. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's intriguing and it's definitely going to go into my, my big book of Hatman sightings because, uh, recently uh, through this show, we've gotten Hatman with a mouth, which is, which is new to me and a Hatman with eyes, red, red glowing mm-hmm. eyes. Yeah, yeah. Also new to me. Um, because, and I've been, you know, on and off really interested in Hatman for a long time. So it's interesting to see these developments and, and the idea that, there's some kind of entity that we are seeing more and more instances of. And, uh, and then, of course, you're asking about children. Uh, children are highly susceptible to uh, seeing ghosts because they have not been programmed to not see ghosts. They have not been programmed yeah. to, not, to, to dismiss. You know, there, uh, there comes a moment in growing up when you get to turn off a lot of it. And it's usually through pressure. It's usually through, you know, there's nothing under the bed. There's nothing in the closet. You know, the parent coming into the, ha- uh, the room and reinforcing the idea mm-hmm. that there are no scary creatures and no scary monsters. And once you accept it, those monsters lose a lot of access to you. You know, they lose the ability to, to imprint in your mind because you have successfully closed the door. Um, that's why, and we've talked about it before, uh, people who have traumatic events, they're often getting jostled in such a way that the, the door that they closed opens. You know, the, the ability to go up and down the dial on the radio station, you know, alters. And that is kind of significant in the idea of how our reality is a consensus. <laughs> how we, how we, 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 we got together and said, you know what, no ghosts, boom. <laughs> we'll just that that's that's the reality and that's what we do we all agree and everybody's like yeah I hate ghosts let's let's no ghosts and uh and some people uh didn't get the memo right <laughs> I didn't get the memo <laughs> and uh and and you know there are just natural proclivities that allow you to witness and see and and being young and being open and uh you know yeah children are like huge beacons you know, just shining bright lights and spirits really, really, really want to be close to that light. That's true. And yes, there are absolutely monsters under the bed and in the closet. They're there. <laughs> They're <laughs> there. Thank you, honey. Yeah. Uh, spoilers. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. So <laughs> So in the in the chat real fast, uh, My Killer Podcast is here. Oh, cool. Hello. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Um, and My Killer Podcast says, oh, wow, I caught a live. Nice. Uh, love the show. Uh, so yeah, we gotta we gotta check out my killer podcast, huh? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. We'll listen to it today. 
Um, and Maria Cruz said, "I love how uh, I love how Chris is just wa- a walking encyclopedia of knowledge on so many things. I learn so much every time I listen. That's oh, for real. Thanks. Yeah, seriously, yeah. Maria's the bomb. All right, so that relates to a question that we got. <clears throat> I've seen the Hat Man hundreds of times." Oof. Hundreds. <laughs> hundreds. Oh, okay. Hundreds. Yes, this is Flagrant Rhymes 0909. I've seen the Hat Man hundreds of times. I've also I also see shadow figures that were definitely not Hat Man. My question is, who or what is the Hat Man and how does he differ from other shadow people? Do you think he's the leader of the shadow people uh, or not related to them at all? That's really good question. I mean, it's that really is. well phrased because uh, I, I don't know if we've, 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 we've touched upon it enough. We don't know. That's the big one is we don't really know what the Hat Man is, but there is theories mm-hmm. and prevailing theories because in many cases of the Hat Man, he seems to be a watcher. He seems to be he seems to be just lurking uh, and 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 so much so that there are var- variations on the hat man the hat man outside the hat man outside the window the hat man outside the door frame right you know um, and and then once he's past the threshold of your door he seems to get a little more menacing but uh, that then begins questioning well is that the hat man is that just an ominous spirit that it that has that form um, I have a a, a simple theory about shadow people overall, which is that shadow people are spirits that have lasted longer than their ability to present as who they were. So, you know, um, the, the, the class story is Uncle Frank dies. Uncle Frank dies, and the family members, when they go to Uncle Frank's house, and they're like, ooh, something's here, and they look over, and they're like, ah, it's Uncle Frank. So Uncle Frank gets to look like Uncle Frank. And people are like Uncle Frank, and I recognize Uncle Frank. He has the same, you know, looks and, and all these things. But over time, all those family members die, move away. They're not around, and new people are in the house, and they see somebody, and they say, ah, a man. There's a man in my house. And that does not define Uncle Frank. That takes away some of that definition. And over time, that man becomes a figure, becomes a shadow, and when it loses its definition – in my, in my estimation, it becomes dangerous because it desperately wants the definition. Mm-hmm. It desperately wants you to look at it and say, oh, you're Uncle Frank. Oh, I know who you are. And that's why a lot of shadows, shadow figures become associated with evil entities because that's what we adopt for them. We look and we see a shadow figure and we're like, oh, it's a demon. And the shadow's like, yes, I'm a demon. <laughs> right demon you know and that becomes an interesting (laughs) thing because i think that shadow people in general are just looking for definition and that's not to say that there's not a subcategory of demon Mm -hmm. that appear as shadows and not uh, a a a separate thing because uh, a hat man to me almost feels um and it's changing because we get different stories because people are telling us different things 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply about their experiences with the hat man. And, and so it, I have to amend what I know about the hat man because until we started this podcast, the hat man was um, a, a voyeur. He just watched mm-hmm. and he was just there. And, and sometimes he was uh, kind of Mothman-esque in his, you know, he foreshadowing something bad was coming, but he was there to watch the bad thing. He wasn't there to do the bad thing. <laughs> he was there to witness it. So, you know, maybe he was a guardian angel. Maybe he was this. Maybe he was that. I don't have an answer. But I'm loving that so many people have these stories and they're able, you know, you've seen the Hatman hundreds of times. That's significant. That's, that's really fascinating because then the question is, well, what was he doing? Where was he in your life? And, and, and at what point do you see him? You know, is he ever present? Is he a thing that you know you you catch out of the corner of your eye, or is it always night? Are you always you know looking into the dark? So if you're out there and listening, please expand. Uh, uh, send uh, ghost mail to okay. uh, yep. ghostmail at, can... at hauntedcity.com yeah. and and an and and give us give us details because I am almost thinking we're becoming a repository for Hatman <laughs> stories. I think we are, right. and it's wonderful because I, I I'm deeply fascinated with Hatman and, and have been for a long time. But now it seems like we're getting these interesting stories because a lot of people are like, well, he's a sleep paralysis demon. You know, mm-hmm. he shows up uh, because I've had several people say that they saw him during sleep paralysis. And it's like, that's interesting because some people just see shadowy figures or some people see very distinct demons or monsters during that episode. But some people distinctly say they see the hat man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what was oh, I was going to I yeah, was yeah. going to say Chime in. <laughs> So, when you were um describing uh shadow people as being like the shell of what they used to be and you're like I know who you are. All I could picture was that scene in Moana where she touches Taka. Right. And it's like <laughs> I know who you are and it's really Tefiti, this beautiful yeah. entity, which is a really fascinating imagery, but <laughs> also <laughs> But, um, you know, it's funny because shadow people, a lot of times when people are like, oh, I have shadow people all over my house. I'm like, yeah, just ignore them. Like they really they really are at the basis of what their essence is. It's just a low energy. Remnants. Right. And you can feed them. Don't feed the ghosts. Don't feed the (laughs) ghosts. Don't feed the ghosts. Don't feed the shadow people. But if you see them out of the corner of your eye, um, you know, don't let it phase you too much like it, you can mm-hmm. acknowledge it but um don't don't worry too too much about it because usually they're just and that's essence. not to say and again it's not to say that there aren't malevolent forces that can disguise themselves or hide in shadows or use shadows you know uh because that's a whole different category as well you know um there are a lot of people who would deem that that the more demonic entities the the more uh, evil entities hide from the light you know they they do not want to be in the light even even our artificial you know uh, street light uh exposes them for what they are so so staying in the shadow is very 
important to their survival. Mm-hmm. Because that's another thing in, in almost every culture when you're dealing with an evil entity, the moment you can identify it is the moment you can fight it. You know, um, classically in exorcisms, once you know the demon's name, you can compel it or command it. Um, and that's that's true, and a lot of names are very powerful things. You know, knowing what entity you're, you're dealing with becomes a tool to their you know, dismantlement. So it's possible that demons hide in shadows or as shadows to avoid detection. You know, maybe hat man wears that hat to hide his horns. You know, maybe (laughs) there's, there's, there's a lot of interesting uh, notions to examine. Um, And also uh, I would like to point out that the hat in question of the hat man is a big thing. So uh, out there in the world, uh, send in your, your, your thoughts on what hat the hat man wears. Because in my experience, the hat man had always worn a wide-brimmed, almost fedora-esque hat. Mm-hmm. But some people see him in a top hat. I saw him in a top hat. Right. And uh, one person literally called him the bowler man because he was wearing a bowler hat. Mm-hmm. And I was like, is that hat man? Are we dealing with different entities? Is, does he have a hat rack? Right. I'm going out tonight. Patunk. Top hat. You know, uh, what... <laughs> What is it about this this notion that people see? Uh, because the the bowler hat man, I didn't even think of as a hat man until much later, uh, when I was like, oh, you know, uh, my friend actually did see this entity, and the only descriptive point was that he was wearing a bowler hat. All right. So we, uh, as y'all were discussing the hat man, we got a ton, a ton, a ton of comments um, and questions, actually. Uh, My Killer Podcast asks, I'm curious, why does it seem like so many viewers slash listeners are having paranormal experiences after watching slash listening to this podcast? Super interesting. I think we're having a two two girls, one ghost (laughs) phenomena. Yeah, right. And it's all about opening yourself to the possibility. The concept of being able to see, witness, or, or, or have that is, is how receptive you are to the concept of ghosts. A, a ghost does not want to present itself to somebody who's closed off. And even if you want to see a ghost, you can still be closed off. Mm-hmm. There could be something inside you that is locked. But when you listen to stories, when you hear stories, you're, you're opening yourself up to the possibility. And that gives you a little more um, ability to, to witness what's going on around you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is just one of those things that, uh, you know, uh, and I think uh, our next episode is going to be on uh, Ouija boards, and, and, and that plays heavily in that. It's, a, it's not about uh, these supernatural uh, occurrences as much as it is about your predisposition. Mm-hmm. And For when sure. you listen to ghost stories and when you listen to things and you, and you start opening your mind to it, you you're basically saying i'm ready to see a little more i'm ready you know and and it could be unwilling too you're listening you know for entertainment but now your mind is saying oh you know what this this could be true this could right. be you know this this might be what's going on and then all of a sudden you're like oh wait now i see now i see dead people <laughs> now i follow <laughs> you people <laughs> All right, and Maria Cruz uh, said, I wonder if they're having experiences now because they are in a more open state of thought. I always see, I always see it as if uh, you're looking for yellow trucks, you're going to see more yellow trucks. Oh, absolutely. Right. That's, a, that's, a, that's a known phenomenon. Yeah. Is uh, the moment, oh, I wish I could, re- I should remember the name of this phenomenon, but it's basically when you first hear of something, 
and then you see it everywhere. You know, um, and it usually happens with me when I when I get a new car. Like uh, I get a new car, and all of a sudden I see that car right. everywhere I go. I'm like, oh look, oh look, it's an overwood twinsies, and it's like, uh, <laughs> uh, and <laughs> twinsies. I, I got a like a little Honda Civic hatchback a uh, long time ago, and I. I don't think I'd ever seen one, really. I mean, I wasn't paying attention. But when I drive around, I'm like, oh, my God. Look, look, look right there. Yeah. It's just like mine. It's called um, synchronicity. Um, it, yeah. And so there's a, there's a person on TikTok who calls themselves the synchronicity fairy. And I'm not kidding. And so um, they basically, they give, like, a word or an image or something, and they're like, See we'll look forward, right? <laughs> yeah, no, see if this shows up in your life. And so many people in the comments are like, oh, my gosh, I saw, like, you said the word, like, bubbles or something. And I saw bubbles out in broad daylight just walking down the street, and there were bubbles um, coming at me and things like that. So um, I think it's uh, – we, we briefly mentioned – the law of attraction and a part of it i think mm -hmm, falls sure. into that realm of um yes if you think about yellow cars enough you're going to start seeing yellow cars yep. uh, but the basis of the law of attraction is the more you think about something the more it will show up in your life um the example from a book that i read about law of attraction it was basically was um, if you dwell on the fact that you're like i hate parking tickets you know um or I hate getting tickets. Tickets suck. Like, it, I don't have money for a ticket. Like, I don't want to speed because I'll get a ticket. Every single time you think about that, you're putting it more and more out there where the universe isn't taking the uh, negative term of it. They're just taking the word ticket, ticket, ticket. And so the more you dwell on it, the more <laughs> likely you're about to get a, a speeding ticket or parking ticket or things like that. And that's kind of the basis of the law of attraction. So I think it kind of goes hand in hand oh, yeah. in that realm. All right. And uh, Anastasia asks, are there different kinds of shadow people? Um, yes. Absolutely. And in <laughs> a lot of ways. There's malevolent shadow figures. And, and I think it falls into the realm of there's different uh, full-bodied apparitions as well you know there's some that are you don't want to mess with that are malevolent they don't have empathy things like that and then there's ones that are like the sweet grandma ghost that <laughs> you know just wants to sit in your rocking chair um, it's the same way with shadow people you know it's some of them are just low energy they're just looking for attention and then there's some that um like to live in the middle of the woods of appalachia who um whistle at you and things like that and it's interesting because uh, again we throw the word demon out a lot and it's not we're not necessarily evoking a biblical sense or you know a, a christian sense it's just a good word to use because it tells you immediately that's a malevolent force that it is um a a, a dark entity um, and humans, when they, um, when they come back as ghosts, their purposes become, uh, very pointed. And oftentimes when a human spirit loses sight of all other things, but a single desire, even if it was a good desire, even if it was, I want to make sure my family's safe, 
if it becomes the sole defining thing about them, then they lose empathy, sympathy. They lose all other attributes that made them human. They will be a, 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 a destructive force because they're just trying to achieve that one thing without considering consequence, without considering how much harm they can do. And that becomes a demonic element. Uh, and, and I think that's something that, that we oftentimes forget is that we all have capacity for good and evil. And really it just comes down to whether or not we are caring and tending towards other people or not. Yeah. And when a spirit loses sight of other people and can only see their goal, regardless of what the goal is, they will harm, hurt, they will do damage to ensure, and, and their goal becomes warped because they can't, they don't even, they can't appreciate the end result of their goal. They can only appreciate that it's what keeps them present and they lose that identity, they lose that, you know, and, and so you can have these dark shadowy entities that could be very dangerous and not because they were, you know, quote unquote evil in life, because you know they were bwahaha people it's because they lose sight of what harm they can do in pursuit of what they want yeah i agree <coughs> and um but the the shadow people i refer to in appalachia they're just mm. non-human i don't think they're ever human yeah because that's another thing is you got non-human entities which oftentimes don't have form right you know so shadow makes perfect sense for them um you know, they are just occupying the space where there is no light. Yeah. And they, um, if you ever experience one, they suck the energy out of the air around you. It is so annoying. <laughs> and um, if you are a para junkie, go back and watch our investigation um, from Helen's Bridge in Asheville. Because there was one that I kept seeing around the bridge and then through the spirit box and still to this day, every once in a while, this comes through where I will hear this very particular whistle at me come through the spirit box. And a part of me wonders if that thing didn't oh, absolutely. attach a little bit. But um, yeah, it's. I've it heard stories of that, that, that whistle, the whistle that follows people. You know, you hear it once and then for the rest of your life, you hear it. Yeah, it's very distinct, too. This is this is weird because Maria Cruz actually just commented, it's so weird you bring up whistling spirits. The past few weeks when I take my dog out at night, I hear whistling. Mm. We live in the middle of the woods. It's always so eerie. Don't, don't look back. Do I not know. acknowledge. Do not engage. Yeah. That is all I can, um, the only advice I can give you, don't look at it. Don't, uh, don't acknowledge it. Don't respond to it. Maria's been a, a para-junkie and listener for a while, so she's, oh, yeah. she's no, well-armed with the information. Oh, yeah. No, I, <laughs> I just reiterate She knows our things. prescriptions for such things. I just reiterate things. Do uh, do not engage. Yep, yep, yep. And um, Jordy Francis said, yes, I caught a live. <laughs> and then Ashley Werner uh, actually has an interesting story. My boyfriend didn't believe in ghosts until he visited Savannah. Uh, he's had two paranormal experiences this summer, including seeing a ghost seagull while driving home listening to the podcast. A ghost seagull. That's an interesting story. Well, yeah. and that's funny to hear that he had paranormal experiences because when I gave them a tour, you could tell he was very 
He's like, hmm, how is that possible? <laughs> <laughs> so that's interesting to hear uh, that sure. he's starting to become a believer. And yes. I and have him send us the ghost seagull story because I am I'm very intrigued. Yeah, I'm intrigued. Yeah, because a seagull actually has a lot of interesting connotations. Um, both like faith based and you know, uh, so yeah, I, I'd be very interested. Tell us more about the ghost sequel. Tell us more. Parajunkie President Ashley Werner. <laughs> Send in your ghost mail. All right, here we go. Uh, this is the last one. Um, and then we are going to have another episode. Y'all, so just, you know, hold tight. Um, but let's see. Let's see. So we got uh, Jamal sent in. Uh, hey, guys, I really enjoy your show. After listening to your ghost hunting episode a while back, I decided to get into it. It's always been a special interest of mine. I notice that I catch more orbs, shadows, and unexplained creepiness on my iPhone. I'm getting a REM pod for Christmas, and I'm also uh, hoping to get the Ovilus 5 soon once it's back in stock. With technology advancing every day, my question is, what role might technology play in the future of paranormal investigations? I think that's a great question, Jamal. Appreciate it. So I always have a hard time discussing paranormal uh, tinkering inventions and stuff uh, because my brain does not comprehend fully <laughs> how all these things operate. And so I am, I am by no means any form of an engineer. Um, but I think technology is definitely going to play a big hand in things. I mean, you're already seeing it with the, um, the ghost tube goggle things the vr goggles uh with the ai imagery you're seeing it you know with all sorts of new little inventions people tinkering things in ways um to try to get the most activity but i do find that it is important to remember that sometimes the most simple tools are the best for an investigation um the Paranormal Society actually recently did an investigation where they utilized a balloon, and I'm like, that's genius. You know, it's like... Lightweight, sees to move. Exactly. You know, um, when you're dealing with paranormal, um, and especially when we start to get more spirits eventually, you know, people will pass, and um, there will be more spirits that are familiar with technology, but you got to think about it in the scheme of things. Technology is a fairly recent advancement in human history. So a lot of the spirits that you're dealing with might not actually know what is going on. Like to them, they're looking at this glowing little box and they're like, that thing's from the Jetsons. Like, you know, I've never seen anything like that. And it could be frightening. Um, that is not to say don't use these tools and they definitely do help and they are fun to use. They're um, enjoyable, but don't feel the need to always stay up to date with all the recent advancements in paranormal technology because sometimes, you know, just a simple cat ball, you know, when you're trying to interact with the child spirit is, you know, good enough. Um, flashlights even are excellent tools. We've had some good success even in like the Graveface Museum with, you know, having a spirit. Mm -hmm turn a flashlight up brighter or dim it right. a little bit to use yes and no type questions. Um, so it, it, I'm not 
I'm not, you know, knocking the <laughs> the advancements, but I think a lot of these people are also trying to cash in on the industry of the paranormal. Um, yeah, it, it's interesting because a lot of a lot of the technology now just kind of helps augment the experience. It mm-hmm. it helps, uh, you know, uh, give focus and. Uh, and the thing to remember is, you know, 200 years ago, people could not imagine transmitting a voice through the air. 100 years ago, they could not imagine transmitting video through the air. You know, 100 years from now, people might have, you know, a phone that they can call up their dead relatives for all we know. You know, we don't have all the answers. The concept being technology is moving very fast. You know, even 50 years ago, it was hard to imagine, you know, that everybody would have a computer in their house. And 30 years ago, it was hard to imagine that everyone would carry a phone in their pocket. You know, so these are, these advancements, this technology is actually catching up to things that we didn't completely know were out there. We didn't completely understand radio waves and, tra- and, and how to transmit images and, and satellite relays and all these things. There's probably a lot that we don't know and that technology will show us. And then it will seem like we were all just silly, superstitious people. You know, it's like you you thought this was ghosts when, in fact, it was just, you know, the fact that, you know, this planet is a way station for the next. And we can talk to the next if we really wanted to. We just, you know, didn't have the technology. So keep that in mind that I am always going to be more about experience than tech. But, man, the tech is fun. It is. I love it. I, I love using it. It's 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 it, it and ghost hunting can be very boring. You know, a ghost hunting more times than not, you're just sitting and and you're thinking this place you know doesn't have anything going on, and that's just the nature of it. You know, um, we are actually not necessarily meant to see and experience ghosts, technically. You know, there are there are examples of of people who are supposed to be our conduits, and the rest of us, you know, we're just plugging away. So um, I think that uh, don't don't get so enamored by your equipment that you forget that it's about an experience. Mm-hmm. And but not to say don't have fun with it. Oh, it, no. it, it yeah, uh, it's fun. I'm never going to say don't use equipment. Because it does. It adds a, a whole new layer of intrigue and fun and excitement. Right. Um, I will say, though, iPhones, a burst mode, it, fantastic for ghost hunting. Mm-hmm. And um, I will always be the first to tell guests that I take on tours and things like that. You know, I'm like, take photos of your burst mode. Because in the past, all we had were, you know, digital cameras where you just snap that one like little shot to that moment but now you have burst mode where you can catch a million little photos in one second and you can go through them and sort through things and you might catch things that you in the past wouldn't have caught so and phones don't have psychology i mean uh, uh, equipment doesn't have psychology so it's not weeding out things you know um our psychology will oftentimes keep us from seeing something that we don't want to see you know it's like nope that isn't there uh, and that's that's pretty impressive, but you know that's why uh, photographic evidence is so good. Is that um, the equipment is not shying away from what's there? Right. 
But uh, thank you guys so much for your questions. Great these, questions. These were all fantastic. I know. It was I know. fun. Another deep dive into the hat man, if you will. And, uh, <laughs> send us your hat man stories. <laughs> yeah, Jump send us your hat man stories or any of your stories at ghostmail at hauntedcitypodcast.com. Um, or questions. If you have questions, please send them to us. And uh, with that, though, my name is Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And stay spooky, y'all.